Well, kids, it is uh, our last Sunday of the month, so you are with us this morning. But I've got a joke for you today. But also, if you uh, haven't received a, a kid's packet, they are out in the lobby if you want to get those. And colors, if I was an adult, I would need one. Or if I was an adult, see? If I was sitting down there with you, I would need one as well. That was a slip, right? So here's the... <laughs> Here's the joke. Uh, Jaden Abrego gave me this joke. He sent it to me on Facebook this week, and it's awesome. What did the janitor say when he or she, in our case it's she, what did she say when she jumped out of the closet? The janitor's closet, do you know? Supplies! <laughs> you have to use that one here. <laughs> Love you guys. Love to worship with you. Stay with us uh, this morning. We recognize you today. Well, as we uh, come uh, this morning, church, on this uh, transitional uh, time, as we step into summer, um, there's uh, lots of memories that come to mind. As I think about um, all the places and spaces that I've been invited to uh, from the church, I, when I when I first had this thought, I was I remembered the uh, the invitations that some people uh, back in Missouri, where we where we came from, invited us. We we moved into a, fall, a small uh, farming community, and one of the first invitations that we we got when we were, when we moved into town was to the local county mud run, like like the mud trucks. And I remember like kind of being out of my element. I like mud trucks, but it was a little bit uh, like a missionary stepping it into a, a new field as we uh, were invited to that. And I just so many different places and spaces, invitations to dinner or invitations to uh, parties or invitations to this or to that. And uh, one of the ones that came to my uh, mind was uh, a couple years ago, I was invited to a training. I don't usually, I'm not usually the one that's invited to trainings. That's usually Stephanie uh, that's invited to, to trainings and smart kids stuff. Um, but I was invited to a training and it happened to be a uh, suicide support, a survivor support group training with a couple of counselors um, uh, from your church that, that uh, I was invited to. And so I, I, I participated. I showed up with my notebook and I, and I wanted to learn how I could uh, be of assistance and, and how we can help as, as Idaho has a very high uh, suicide rate. And so I sat um, in this uh, very intimate training as we kind of sat around the, the, the table and I learned a couple different things. And one of the things that I learned is um, the, the commonalities, the string that kind of runs through uh, many who, who take this path. And there were two things that really uh, stuck out and that were really found in a lot of them. And number one was um, this kind of perceived burdensomeness. Um, that uh, they, they feel as if they are burdened to everyone um, around them, that they are, they, they are weighing down the lives of those around them. And the second one was this kind of uh, what they call thwarted belongingness, that they don't feel like there's a place at the table. For them. They don't feel like there's, there's anywhere that they can go um, to belong. And so I'm sitting in this training, and I, I, I'm, I'm there at the table uh, with, with other people, and I remember having one of those like deep like self-awareness moments. Have you ever had one of those moments? 
And I don't like to have those moments in public, right? I'd rather have those moments in quiet or on some counselor's couch. Um, but I'm, I'm sitting there in this meeting and I have this like self-awareness moments that, that I have I've struggled with these two uh, pretty deeply as I think back uh, at life. I, I know the pain and the, the, the heartache of what it feels to feel as if you were a burden. Uh, back when I was a kid, my mom was um, sent to a couple different treatment centers for uh, so, some mental issues. And so I was just kind of passed around to people uh, in the church. And so I'd live with this person for a month and this person for uh, two weeks. And, and so they, I felt like a burden as I, as I moved from house to house. And, and as I was a teenager, I, I, uh, after we, we uh, ran into some situations and some troubles um, with my mom, we moved back to my grandma's house for the eight hundredth time and and this time there was there was no room in the house and so I slept on my grandma's floor in her bedroom for over a year feeling like a burden as as she literally like had to step over my big body to get uh, anywhere uh, in the house that that burdensomeness uh, feeling uh, uh, that you, you're, you're burdened to everyone around you and that uh, thwarted belongingness that you don't feel that you belong anywhere the 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 feeling of uh, family rejection that that you are, are abandoned in, in some way or moving from place to place and, and not feeling as if you belong and so I'm, I'm sitting in that class and I'm having this this moment of self-awareness and and I'm sitting around this this table um, with all these people and this moment of self-awareness quickly moved from uh, like the opportunity to to cry in front of people I don't do that very often uh, but it moved thanks be to God it moved moved from this opportunity um, to an, uh, a grace awareness moment. I moved from a self-awareness moment to a grace awareness moment very, very uh, quickly as I thank God for the, the grace of, of being a part of the gathering of God's people. You see, those, those moments of burdensomeness um, weren't always burdens to the people around me. Those times where I felt like I was a burden wasn't always the case. I was thankful for God's grace and gathering me with the people of God. And, and though my mom, God rest her soul, didn't always make the best choices, I was thankful for her obedience in directing my big feet to the sanctuary where the, the, the people of God met where I was, I was reminded that, 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 that I am here and I am not a burden. Those peculiar people, and that's another way to say God's weird people, uh, reminded me each and every day as they fed me and as they loved me, as they were tangible expressions of grace to me, that I w- was not uh, a burden. It was there I learned the, the beautiful story of God and, and where I felt like I, I had no place to belong. I learned that I was a part of the beautiful story of God, of something that, that, that was bigger than myself. And not only was I a part of it, that I had a role to play. And back then it was moving chairs. Now it's spiraled out of control, right? I had a role, a role to play in that story that, that I had a place, that, that my perceived burdensomeness and, and my thwarted belonging was, was now grace-covered because of the people of God that, that shaped me as the Holy Spirit moved me into this place. 
And so as we transition from this uh, place of school and of, uh, of well, you still got to work, right? The, the, uh, this, this kind of like culture that says now we let our hair down and now we, we let loose and now we get to do whatever we want because we don't have, have school. As we move from this, this place, it would be good for us to remember the rhythms of the church. It'd be good for us to remember the rhythms of the people of God. The other day, Friday, this last Friday on our day off, we decided, uh, Stephanie decided that it would be a good idea to go to the Bruno Sand Dunes for dinner, to eat like a picnic dinner at the Sand sand Dunes. And so we, if you've never been to Bruno Sand Dunes, it's awesome. It's cool. Go, right? Um, but when you pull up, it's only 88 degrees, but it feels like 124, right? Because it's sand dunes. And so we pull into the little park there and we go around the curb and you notice that every space in the sand dune park for camping is completely full. Like every space is full and there's about three trees between the two places you can camp for shade. And so you drive around there and I actually saw a family with a little pop-up tent in the middle of all these RVs and it's the heat of the day and it's, it's, it's the, the, the dad and the mom and three kids and they're sitting in their camp chairs just sitting there in the blazing sun, right? Like this is a great idea, dad, right? <laughs> But we, we love that. Like, we want, to be, we want to be out in that. In fact, it wasn't just Bruno that was full. Every reservable spot in the state of Idaho was packed full this weekend for camping, right? We want to go. We want to be a part of that. Some of us want to be sitting in a kayak right now on Sunday morning. And when I say some of us, I mean me. What are we sitting in a kayak Right now on Sunday morning, fishing, right? Because we want to go. That's kind of the, the rhythm of the culture. We want to go. We want to, we want to get out there. We want to be a part of it. So this morning, my prayer for us is that, that, that we would remember the rhythm of the church, that it's not just about us going. And I'm not saying don't go. I want you to, to go and we'll come to that. But we remember the reason that we gather. We pause for a moment and remember the reason that, that God has gathered us together as God's people. We remember the breathing in the, of God's people and the breathing out. Right There's the out part. Go to Bruno. You get, you know, the breathing out of God's people. We remember the importance of gathering and scattering of the people of God. And so if you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to turn to 1 John uh, today as we, as we start to look at this in, in a new and different way. 1 John chapter 4, uh, starting uh, in verse 7. 1 John chapter 4. Starting in verse 7, it's on the screen for you if you uh, don't have your Bible with you today. Um, but let's hear the word of the Lord this morning as we kind of have that um, in our minds. It says this, 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, and whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us, that he sent his one and only son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love, not that, uh, that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent us his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. 
This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If we acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how his love is made and complete in us so that we will have the confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to be love or claims to love God and yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God who have they, they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must love also love their brother and sister. The word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God. If you ever wondered what God's love looks like, right here in 1 John, we are, we are given uh, that, that answer. That, that he helps us out. as He says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for, for our sins. And here's the loving call to love as God loves, to do as God does. As dear friends, since, we, uh, since God loved us, we ought to love one another, right? Sound a little familiar? Love God, love others. Love God, love one another. I, I think every time I see this, I think back to um, the greatest commandment. Remember uh, Matthew chapter 22, the, the Pharisee, the lawyer, uh, the one that knows the law uh, is present and he's trying to, to trick, trick Jesus to get him to say something stupid so that they can jump on him, but Jesus doesn't do that, right? He, he gives the answer. He says, the greatest commandment is this, to love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And you would have been cool at stopping there, right? It would have been, uh, it would have been a lot easier for us as the people of God if, if we just stopped there and, and they would have been cool with his answer, right? Because that's the right answer. But, but he continues, if you remember, and the second greatest is like the first, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. It is great. It's so great that we put on the wall, except we put people, right? Love God, love people. Same thing. Love God, love people. We, we like that. But if I'm really honest, I'm, I'm pretty concrete. I know that, 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 that I'm, I'm very practical because I'm not smart enough to think any other way. I know my limitations, right? But, but I ask this question, what does it look like? Like practically, what's it look like to love God and to love people uh, in, in our lives? What's that rhythm uh, look like to love God and to love others? I, I imagine that each of us has a different answer. If I went around with a clipboard, which I will not do, and I ask you, what's it look like for you to love God and to love others? You'd, you'd have different answers as we're, we're all uh, different People, and I think we struggle with this answer um, in, in different ways. We struggle with this insight. I'm, I'm pretty laid back. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's love God and love people and chill and stuff. And we'll just show up and get it done, right? Uh, but I live with a type A personality, 
right? And that's not the way it is. And, and thanks be to God I live with the type A personality because nothing else would get done if I did it, right? But I live with the type A personality who loves lists. And you know who you are who loves lists in this room. And you do your little thing where you write it on the list and check it off just because you like to check it off. And it releases that dopamine in your brain. But anyways, we won't go into that. I know that some of you already, when you think about it and you ask that question, you're already listing the things that you can do to love God and love others, right? Like, I'm going to go to church. You marked it off your list today. Congratulations. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to read my Bible in the morning. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to donate my used items to the youth ranch, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? You're going to love God, and you're going to, you're going to love others. And, I, and if, if we're honest, I think this is a kind of dangerous place to be. And even I, chill as I am, get into kind of that, that rotation, get into that, that system of, of way of thinking of, of what can I do and what can I make happen and how can we get it done? But let's play it out a little bit in our lives. Like, let's get a, let's get a little bit extreme here. So say that you, 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 you've been saved. You come to that intersection where you're confronted by God's love for you, and you follow Jesus, right? The call of, of Jesus in, in your life. And you start to go to church, and you start to pray, and someone walks alongside of you, and they teach you what it means to pray. You, you, you come, and you, you hear others pray, and you participate, and then you start devotionals, and then you start to, to volunteer and you serve the poor and you go and serve the city and you, you, you serve others and you give your lives away and you, you start to do those things because you have this overflow uh, of heart and, and you don't know why, but you're just doing them. Like it, it's kind of that, that momentum, that, that feeling of what happens and then life happens and you get tired. I've been here. And you get, you get frustrated or you fail at something or, or you fall into temptation. You don't choose wisely. And at that, that opportunity is exactly when Satan steps in and you start to get these, the, these messages and you start to hear these things and you start to believe them as well that, that you can't do this. Now, even if we've been, we've been following Jesus for 100 years, there are times where we are discouraged, right? Where we feel like we're, we're not doing anything, we're not getting anything out of it, or we, we, we have these moments, and, and we have, we have these, these times where we think that it's, it's too hard for us to, to love God and to love others, and we're failing, and we're disappointed, and we're a mess, and we're mean to our kids and to the people around us, and we're unlovable and, and unworthy. Remember, we're going extreme, and we're unacceptable, and we just can't get it together, and if we could just get it together, then our life will be greater, and the, we're in this place. Have you been there? In this place of asking the question of, of you know, what do we do? And with all this in mind, mentally and internally, we again come to church and we walk in and we see the love God and we love others. And we know that that, that, that is what we are, we are called to do. But there are times we just feel like we just can't do it. And we don't know how to do it. And we just can't, we can't participate. Love God and love others. And that tension, it's this hard place to, to be. But if we kind of peel that back and look underneath the surface, we see what's going on. We are trying to give. Right? We're trying to give love to God and we're trying to give love to others because that's what, what we've been told is, is a great thing to do. And we believe that, but, but we're, we're in this place. We're trying to give, give, give. And yet the, at the same time, on the other end, we feel unworthy of God's love. 
We're, we're trying to give, 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 and yet we, we feel like we're unacceptable because we made bad choices, or we feel like we're not doing enough, or we, we, we skipped our Bible reading time, or we're just, just going to feel like nothing's going anywhere, but yet we're called to give, 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 and, and yet we can't receive. I'm called to give God's love, but yet there are times I feel like I'm unworthy to receive God's love. Do you see the tension in that place? Like, no wonder we get frustrated. No wonder we feel as if we failed at, at, at loving our neighbor when we can't even love ourselves in some situations. No wonder we feel like we're, we're, we're failing and we're messing everything up if we feel unworthy to receive God's love and that we just can't get it together. And so if we, we've been in that place or we've been in that place and we're now past that place or we've never been and we, we think we might, we've got to stop and, and pause right now and, and, and realize that this is not the way of Jesus. That this is a, this is a place that, that we come to uh, that, that is not the intention of God. So we take a moment to pause and we recognize that we cannot love God and love others from a place of emptiness. We cannot love God and love others from a place of emptiness. I've said this before and I'll I'll say it again. If we want to live normal, cute lives, we can do that. But if we want to live the lives that God has called us to, to love God and to love people, we need the Holy Spirit. If we want to just live cute, normal lives, we don't need the Holy Spirit to do that. You can do that on your own. Just watch YouTube. That'll help you figure it out, right? If you want to live the life that God has called us to, if we want to love God with all all that we are, all that's listed in the greatest commandment, and we want to love others, then we need some help, Right? It needs to not be something that we think we can muster up or hustle together or, or just make, it, make happen. I'm from the Midwest. I understand the just make it happen thing. But still, we, we, we need God's help. So we come to this place and we must understand that we can only give away that which we receive. We can only give away uh, what we are given. And we've got to understand the why. Right, the, the, the what's behind it, the, the God intention. Why are we loving God and why are we loving others? Why are we called to this in the first place and why is it on our wall? Verse 19 of the passage that we just read gives us the why. It says, we love because he first loved us. We love, we express, we give all because he first loves us. I think there are times where we um, are, are, are fooled because we think that we come to Jesus, right? Like, we, we have to recognize that we can't even come to Jesus. Like, that's not an option for you. It's through God's provenient grace that allows you to even think about Jesus. You can't do anything on your own. It's not that you came and gave your life to Jesus. It's that God allowed you to come and give your life to Jesus. That we, we come to this place because God first loved us. 
God loves us and, and his initiative to love and to reveal love for us in Jesus Christ is incredibly strong. We didn't ask for it. We didn't even know that we needed it. But God loves anyhow, not even uh, knowing what our response will be. That love is from God. We didn't create it. We didn't muster it up. And this love seeks us out and invites us to participate in that love. Love is not something that we put on our checklist. If we do, we find ourselves in that place of emptiness. We find ourselves in that place of frustration. And so in order to love God, we have to let God love us first. We have to receive that love. We have to stop and pause for a moment and recognize that it's not something we're creating. We can create a lot of pretty stuff in life. We cannot create that. We love because God first loved us. And so to love God, we have to accept God's love. And to love others, we need to receive that love from God. We can only give away that which we received. We can only give away what we have been given. And so we, as we stop here, we are called to be people that open ourselves up to God, that we might receive God's love that is poured out upon us and for us. So our task here, if you want to put something on your list, is cultivate a life, right? get your list out, cultivate a life that is open to the love of God. Cultivate a life that, that, that tills the soil of our, of our soul that we might be open to the love of God and, and we might be open to the guidance of God to even allow us to receive God's, uh, God's love. So we open ourselves up to God so that we can fulfill the mission of God to love others and to love God with everything. So we're, so we're here, we're, we're, we're at this place, and this is where the rhythm of the people of God comes in. To be breathed in by God and to be breathed out by God, to be filled up by God and to be poured out for the sake of the world, to be gathered by God and to be scattered by God to the places and spaces that need the love and light of God the most. Like, I would love to be scattered right now, right? I'd love to be scattered right now, but I am drawn, I am breathed in, I am enveloped, I am invited, I am gathered in the name of Jesus. That through this gathering and through this worship and through this time together as we are here, that we would be shaped as God's people, right? That this, is, this serves as an, an opportunity to be gathered, to be opened up, to, to experience God's love as the people uh, of God. So together we gather, we're reminded of, of God's inviting love. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 19, it says uh, that we, the, the, the reminder of, of God's love through Jesus, as we come um, to this place, hear this, I'm going to read it in the message because it's, uh, it's, it's good, right? So, so friends, we, notice that, didn't highlight it up there, but notice that. We can now, without hesitation, walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. 
So let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promise that keeps us going, that he always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worship together as as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. This this passage isn't saying that the gathering together is some law, right? Remember, that's why we started the summer project, so you wouldn't have the crooked preacher finger waving at you, right? Is that some law, like you need to be in church, or you're not the church? That's not it. It's not a law. It's not a, it's not a, there's not a command here in, in Hebrews. It's an invitation to life. It says, so we together, let's approach the throne of Jesus together as God's people. Let's approach the throne. Let, let, let's be and come together and, and, and have God's love poured out on us. That we might be tangible expressions of God's love to one another, right? The inventiveness, the, the, this, this spurring one another on of, of walking together in life. I recognize, and we say it a lot, that we're, we're, we're better together. Now, this is the easy thing to say. Turn to your neighbor, somebody around you, get ready to say something. You're going to say, say this, you need me. Right? Pretty easy, right? You need me, right? I could say that all day long. You need me. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. All right? A little bit different, isn't it? It's been a long time since you said those words. Believe me. It's been a long time since you, you spoke those things. It, but that's the reality. We're better together. I need you, and you need me. I need you, and you need me as we walk towards Jesus together. I recognize without a doubt that without the people of God, I would not or could not be all who God has called me to be. So for, for the, the movement of I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. I've got a lot of stuff to say about that, but I won't this morning. For, for that movement, I'm just going to honestly say it. You cannot be who God has called you to be without the people of God in your life. There is no, and I get in trouble for saying this, there's no Lone Ranger, even though Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? Maybe a couple, couple more. We cannot be who God has called us to be without the people of God in our life as we shape one another, as we are the, the, the people that walk together. Our friend Brent Peterson, the one that, that, that you know that's walked with you during the pastoral search uh, a couple of years ago, uh, says this in his book, and he says it very enthusiastically, I might add. He says, being gathered by the Spirit to encounter Christ, oneself and with one another, provides a healing context that sends us from this communal worship to carry on the mission of Jesus Christ. So we've been, we've been gathered in this place, not just so that we can have a nice church experience, or so that we can thumbs up on our way to Taco John's, but so that we can be shaped. Right? There are times where you come here where you feel like you got nothing out of it, right? 
But whether you feel like you got nothing out of it or not, you've still been shaped as a, as a person of God, as a, as a child of God. So we come to this place, this healing context, this place where we learn that we are not a burden. This place that we learn that we're not a burden because people are pouring their lives out for us or people are interacting with us. We learn that we're not a burden and we learn that we're not alone, that we are part of something that is bigger than ourselves. And as the love of God is poured out on us, we receive love and life from God and we will respond to the grace that God has given us by loving him back but by giving him everything. And that overflow of God's love reaches out to those around us. That when we, when we do scatter and when we do go to that campground with no trees, or when we do go to grandma's house, or we do go to Maverick, or we do go to Walmart, we do go to all these places, that the love of God might overflow from us, the people of God. We, we are called and, and, and empowered, not to say do it, Love God, love people. We are called, we are invited, and we are empowered to make divine love real and tangible in our ordinary, everyday lives. In our ordinary, everyday lives. God invites us to let Jesus live in us so that, that through us, the, the love of God continues to welcome the outcast, continues to, to touch the untouchable, continues to, to, to find healing for, for the broken. And we have the opportunity to be a part of it. So let us receive today. Holy Spirit, may you open us up to, to receive the love of God. You might be in a place where you're feeling unworthy, Right? You might be in a place where you feel like you've messed everything up and you don't know how to move forward. There's one of those moments where you just can't see the way forward. Or you may be in a place where you are in need of God's grace. Or maybe you're in a place where you are thankful. As, as we talked about, that, that, that moment of self-awareness becomes a moment of grace awareness. May we continue to receive the love of God, thankful for God's love in our life. As our, as our band comes up this morning to lead us, we're going to take some time to remember our starting point. If you're currently living that cycle I described this morning of feeling unlovable, yet feeling the pressure and the tension to, to love God back and to love others and, and to participate in that. If you're on that cycle, together may we surrender to the love of God this morning. May we surrender to the love of God. May we ask God to, to fill us up. May we ask God to pour out his love upon us that we might know it. Not just in our head, but that we might truly know the love of God being confronted by God's love for us. Well, this morning we have the opportunity to be invited to the table Today, First John, the passage that we read, emphasizes that God's love is not some abstract, faraway thing. It's not something that's, that's out there somewhere, but God's love is made real and present by sending Jesus to live among us, to walk with us back in the day.
to heal and to teach us to die and to rise again for us. And so today when we, we come to the table, know that we come together. We are invited together, thankful for God's love and for God's sacrifice. You know, we see this as an opportunity like to tangibly like get up and to move. Like with our bodies, but also with our hearts. We're going to take steps toward Jesus because we know that he's enabled those steps. He's empowered those steps. And so when you come this morning, may you not just come physically, and this is just what we do, but may you come with your heart as well, ready to receive. A whole lot of us, including me, need a lot more practice in this position. Ready to receive. You don't have to be a member here. You don't have to know a special handshake. You don't have to do any of that. Come and receive the body and the blood of Christ. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we are thankful for your love for us. We ask that you would continue to empower us to to be your people. May you pour out your love in our hearts so that we might love you and love others in your name. Call us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's pray, church. Lord, we receive. We receive your love and we receive your grace in these days. Lord, we recognize that you are calling us to receive. May we be in a position where there are our palms faced upward. You know that we desire to do life on our own. That we want to just get things done and move down the list and move down the road. But Lord, may you call us uh, to pause, whether it's, it's alone in your presence or whether it's with the people of God to receive from you. You will not call us to something that you will not empower us to do, and you have called us to a life that gives you everything and that loves our neighbor. So, Lord, we ask for your empowering. We ask for your shaping with the body of Christ. Lord, may it be so among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May you stand to receive the benediction, the blessing as we go today. People of God, beloved, may you go from this place, not just on your own, but may you go after receiving the love of Christ. May it overflow from your life in normal, everyday, ordinary places and spaces. May you go in action and go in peace. You are dismissed.